Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennium Money, and today we are talking your spookiest financial fears.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Games. It will expand your brain. I think you're either a yeah, extreme lover of Halloween or it's a holiday that you just don't like for whatever reason. I'm sort of in the middle, actually. I think when I was a kid, I loved Halloween. I mean, there, there was nothing better than, you know, spending weeks like thinking about what your costume was going to be and then, you know, actually creating the costume. And then, of course, the night, right? Going trick or treating. And I had a brother who was five years older. So, you know, there was always all of these schemes of how we could get the most candy. And then, you know, we would come back home and we would lay out all the candy and we'd, you know, negotiate over who was going to get the best pieces of candy. And it was just, I think, always a really cool holiday, especially when I was younger. My dad worked a ton. And so Halloween was like the one time he was home and he was actually the one that was going out trick-or-treating with us. So that was always fun too. And, you know, he always wanted to hold our bags uh, of candy because of course we would turn around and he'd be, you know, (laughs) nibbling as we went along. Uh, in fact, I remember one Halloween, I was actually supposed to be like a ballerina or something, you know, really super girly like that. I think I was, I don't know, like five or six years old. And I was playing a couple of weeks before and somebody actually hit me over the nose with a baseball bat, completely broke my nose. And I had the biggest black eye you've probably ever seen. And so my mom was like, well, there's nothing we can do about this. So I'm not quite sure if the princess thing is going to actually work out for you, but we could do a baseball player. So I went as, you know, kind of this like badass baseball player with this like big old black eye. And I remember as I would go around trick or treating, people were like, that is the best Halloween makeup I have ever seen. And I'm like, oh, it's actually real. <laughs> I actually have a completely broken nose. So, um, you know, there's there's always those fun things as a kid. Of course, you know, I, I don't remember the pain or, or anything like that. I've, I've broken my nose, I think, about three times in my life. So it's unfortunately something that is like part of my history. But I just remember that, that Halloween, you know. I mean, I don't know if you have like a favorite costume or a favorite Halloween. Uh, I don't know if you have a favorite candy. I think everybody has a favorite candy, right? Um, I, I think mine has to be like, it's either Reese's peanut butter cups or Twix or Snickers are kind of like tied right up there. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Like, you know, if I had like one I could choose, it would probably be the Reese's peanut butter cup because chocolate and peanut butter is like my absolute heaven. But, um, But I I kind of am a lover of all types of candy, which is a complete downfall when it comes to Halloween, right? It's horrible to even like have candy in the house because it just, it's going to get eaten. And you can totally justify those little tiny bite size, right? Like there cannot be that many calories in that tiny little, little bite size. So before we get into kind of our spookiest financial fears and listen, if I could do one of those like spooky Halloween voices, I would totally do that for you. But, um, I think, I think I would just make a complete fool out of myself. Let's just pretend that I did that, right? And that, that I'm turning into like this kind of spooky Halloween cat character. So let's have a little fun with this before we go into our financial fear. So I was reading an article by Wallet Hub. I'll link them in the show notes. There's some really like cool facts in there to check out. And they talked about some of the spookiest parts about Halloween. And I thought some of these numbers were really cool. So 34% 
of people that were surveyed said strangers ringing the doorbell was the spookiest part of Halloween. And to some extent, I understand that living in a big city. I didn't think about it when I lived in the Midwest or I lived in Texas, but living in Los Angeles, it's kind of like, oh, you kind of got to like look out of your little peephole even on Halloween before you open the door. So I understand that, right? But interesting, right behind that was 31% of people said spending money. Uh, so there was the, the money component in there on Halloween. And I get it. Like Halloween's this one holiday where even if you don't go out trick-or-treating and if you live in a neighborhood where there's all these kids, like you got to buy candy, right? You got to spend a little money. Maybe you decorate. I don't know. Uh, so right under that was movies with 30% and costumes with 5%. So we all love costumes, right? That's obviously not a spooky part of Halloween, but strangers ringing the doorbell and spending money somehow uh, ranked up in the top there. And if you had to guess, how much do you think people on average spend on Halloween this year in 2017? Um, I actually guessed on this and I was a little off on it. I actually thought that people would spend a little less and it's not that big of a number. So it's $50 is the average amount that people will actually spend on ha- uh, Halloween this year. Again, not like a total budget buster, but it's kind of interesting that we, you know, we throw money at at uh, candy and, you know, coming up with all these different costumes. I find that really fascinating. Um, another interesting statistic was that data breaches are scarier than spiders, according to those surveyed. And I can understand that, but listen, I'm pretty scared of spiders. So I think I might take a data breach over a spider, which I know is a pretty ridiculous thing to say, right? But there's just something about spiders, it's really hard for me to like grab the tissue and like come up to where they are and, and, and squash them. It, I can do it. I'm not, you know, a totally wimpy girl when it comes to bugs, but there's just something about spiders. And then the thought of like, have you read those ridiculous statistics? I'm calling them ridiculous because I don't want to think they're true that, um, the average human, like how many spiders we probably swallow in our sleep, like that just disgusts me to no end. I cannot even like fathom that. Right. It just, that gives me complete chills right now. Um, So then they also talked about in this survey that one in three Americans are afraid to use their credit card too much. And I I like that statistic because I think it shows that people are paying attention to credit cards and, you know, kind of thinking through the decision of using credit cards. Um, I'm going to say it so many times. I've said it so many times on this podcast. Have you been a listener from the beginning? I'm actually a big proponent of credit cards because I think that if you use them correctly, if you use them the right way, they could be a good tool for you to help leverage um, certain aspects. They can certainly provide cash back. They can provide points that you can use for, for traveling, that you can use for gift cards that you can use for movies, that you can use for hotel stays, all sorts of things like that. But you have to use the things correctly, right? And I think the problem is we have have built up so much in our society that credit cards are bad. Credit cards are terrible. And there are a lot of protections that come built in with a credit card that aren't there with your debit card. And so, you know, using your debit card, if, if you're one of those that think that data breaches are scarier than spiders, um, you know, using your debit card, it can, um, 
it can put you in a pinch sometimes if there actually is a breach on your account and, and money's taken out. It's just, it's just a big old process. So I never travel and use a debit card ever because that's my checking account. Like that's my cash. And if somebody steals my number or steals my card and does some sort of breach on my account while I'm traveling, like I need that cash. So there's just a lot of reasons why I think credit cards are smart. But again, you have to use them the right way. And if if you can't use them the right way, then you got to go back to the basics and kind of correct like what is going on with your spending, your savings, and even more like just your your money mindset around around money. You kind of got to start there and then work your way back up. But this survey talked about the scariest things about credit. So fraud, of course, 33%. So I mean, with all of these breaches and the Experian and all, I mean, it's just, it, it's like you can't go anywhere, you know, and, and not be exposed to some sort of fraud with your credit card. And that's understandable because it is scary. And it's, it's something that, you know, I've seen have like real dramatic impact on certain people when they're trying to make big purchases or, uh, I mean, all sorts of things I've seen happen. I could tell you stories like all day long. So I get it. That's super scary about credit. But I think if you if you put the right kind of like protections in place and you're super diligent about checking your credit and staying on top of it, and again, this doesn't have to take you very long. I'm talking about like a couple of minutes a month, if that, like it's not that big of a time suck, and yet the benefits of it are huge, right? So 19% was overspending. That makes sense, right? That's the argument we all have about credit cards is that they promote us to go out and spend money that we don't have. So I understand that in all fairness. I've done that plenty of times in my past. I'm no better than anybody else. It's 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 something where we see something we want. And we live in a very like consumer-driven society. And so we're like, all right, we'll just put it on the card and pay for it later, right? Guilty. I've done it as well, right? So we just got to understand like the right ways to pay off that debt and the right way to kind of tackle that. And then I think, you know, again, like working on sort of the, the mindset around money and, and maybe putting in, so I have this thing now that I do that if, especially if I'm shopping online, if it's something I really want, I I have this rule that it has to stay in my cart for three days. After three days, I come back and look at the cart. And if I still want all that stuff that's in the cart, um, you know, then I'm like, all right, okay, I can, you know, maybe justify the purchase again, making sure that I can actually pay it off once it hits my credit card. But nine out of 10 times I come back to the cart and I'm like, well, I don't want that. I don't need that. I really don't need that. Like I'll take these two things instead of like the 10 that were in my cart. So sometimes it's just about like little tricks like that of the brain. I think that really help you, um, combat the overspending as much as humanly possible, right? We're all still going to overspend. Like that's just a reality. There's not going to be anybody listening to this podcast. That's not like, Hey, I've, I've overspent in my life. Right. Uh, 11% says losing the credit cards. I get it. Like that sucks. Right. But it's easy now. You just call up the credit card company and like within 48 hours, they've got a new credit card out to you. And 5%, I thought this was super interesting was fine print. So the fine print actually scared people. And I started to think about it. I'm like, well, I, I read the fine print on my credit cards, but I don't know if I actually read all the fine print. So 
you know, that's like, hmm, something that makes you go, hmm, all right, I should probably focus on the fine print too. Um, and, and there's argument there. There's stuff hidden in the fine print that, um, you know, if you, if you make an error with your credit card could cause you, you know, a ton of interest or whatever it may be. But 35% of people fear binging on Halloween candy more than racking up credit card debt. That is just fascinating to me. Like more people are 35%, I should say, are, are scared of binging on, on Halloween candy more than racking up credit card debt. Um, I don't know if there's really anything to say about that. I just found this like via your really interesting statistics. So now that we've kind of had some fun with Halloween, let's move into those five spookiest financial fears. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. All right, so number one spookiest financial fear is having an unplanned emergency. And look, this is real. I'm talking real to you here. This is this happens all the time. And I see it a lot of times with people who feel almost invincible when it comes to money. Like oftentimes it's people who have good jobs, right? You've got good income. But like you've raised your standard of living up like pretty much to the max of your paycheck. And um, so, you know, you have some savings, you're, you're comfortable that like every month you're going to get your paycheck, but then an emergency happens and suddenly you need a buttload of cash that you don't have, right? And that is a really real spooky financial fear. It has happened to me in the past. It has happened to almost every person I've ever worked with in the past. So how do you get around it? Well, you aim to save at least six months worth of expenses. Now, you're probably like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, 
there's no way I can save six months worth of expenses. I know it's, it's a goal, right? It's a goal marker. Save a month, save half a month, start somewhere, start some sort of saving strategy so that when you have some sort of unplanned emergency, you don't have to A, turn to your credit card, right? Or B, turn to your 401k or your IRA or something like that that's just unpleasant for the future, right? So you actually have some cash you can use. So just start somewhere. What I like to do is give myself a weekly savings goal, right? Sometimes I feel like even monthly stuff is it's it's too long of a time period and it's really easy to get super complacent. So I like to say like, I want to save X amount of dollars per week. And then that gives me something I can hit every single week, right? I found that it works really, really well. Because remember, a lot of this money stuff is just what's up in our brain, right? We're just trying to be competitive with ourselves. We're trying to train ourselves to do new habits, to think about money a little differently. So any little tricks like that that you can do really go a long way. So where are you saving this six months worth of expenses or however much cash you got? Not in your bank savings account because they are not paying you hardly any interest. If you don't know how much interest you're getting in your bank savings account, I want you to go look that up now because I guarantee you it's going to be close to the number zero, right? What I always recommend is saving them in something called a high yield savings account. You're going to earn a little bit more interest somewhere north of 1%. It's not a ton of money, but remember, this is for our safe money. But my philosophy is any extra money is extra money. It's extra money, right? All the extra money goes to help us get to all those awesome goals that we want to get to. So who has high yield savings accounts? There are so many of them out there now. It's it's really even hard for me to rattle them all off because... Um, there's so many different places. There's Ally Bank, there's Synchrony, there's American Express has one, Barclays has one, Capital One 360. Uh, so, I mean, if you just do a Google search for high yield savings accounts, you will find a laundry list of um, these types of savings accounts. And again, it's just about extra money. So um, anything you can do where you can earn extra money on your money is going to be a great thing, right? Okay, the second spookiest financial fear is not enough retirement savings. True that, I totally understand this. And I think that, you know, it's hard, especially if you're in your early 20s, you're like, I am not thinking about retirement. Like, I am just trying to, like, get past my student loans, and I am trying to, like, just... I don't know, buy a house or get married or start a family or just some goal like that. But the flip side of it is that when you're young, even if you start saving just a tiny a bit of money in your 401k or your IRA or your Roth, you are going to thank yourself so much when you get to like 50 or 60. Um, I just I can't even explain it to you how thankful you're going to be because Money compounds on top of money. That is the beauty of something called time value of money, right? It's literally the principle of the earlier you start, the more time that money has to grow. And so you can turn it into a big fat ton of cash by the time you get to retirement. So even if it's just a little bit of money, just commit to to something 
getting you going in the right direction. And it's interesting because millennials appear to be good savers. Uh, by a lot of the articles are saying that millennials are, are better savers than, than all the other generations, but most of the money is sitting in cash. It's sitting in bank accounts or it's sitting in those savings accounts at your bank that aren't earning anything. It's not earning anything. And if, if you ever read anything about Warren Buffett, if you don't Warren, know about Warren Buffett, look him up. He's one of the you know most uh, most amazing uh, investment gurus out there. He did not get wealthy by leaving his money in cash, and neither will you. You need to take some sort of risk. I'm not saying you have to be crazy risky. And risk is a thing that you define. You get to decide how risky you want to be, right? Uh, That is called risk tolerance. So anytime you'll go to, uh, you know, start investing, or if you use any of the online tools, Betterment, uh, Wealthfront, um, Acorns, like any of these online tools to help you get started investing. You're going to answer a few questions. They're going to help define how risky you want to be. And this is something that is completely individual. And you know you don't have to be that risky, but you're young and you can take a little risk, but you need a little risk with your money to get it going in the right direction, right? To get it compounding. All right. The next spookiest financial fear is job loss. I kind of I kind of dropped the the bomb on this one when we were talking about unplanned emergency but look it's something you can't avoid so you just better plan for it and you know ha- having the mindset of like well I'm in a solid job I work for a solid company like I'm not going to get laid off is the wrong mentality to have because I am watching friends and, and, and people all around me get laid off from jobs that they never thought they would get laid off from. And then, you know, they're out here in this crazy pool with everybody else trying to find a job. And it's hard. It's not, it's not easy, especially if you've worked your way up in that career. If you're at like a, you know, manager or director or VP level, it's not that easy to just go like cherry pick another, you know, six figure job somewhere, right? There's a lot of competition for it. So, um, you know, keep your resume brushed up, you know, see if you can do a side hustle to, to lessen the blow. Get your mind right around money and make sure that you're counting every expense. If you're in that that period where um, you know, you've lost your job and you're trying to find a new job, you cannot live at the same standard of living as you were when you were getting that paycheck every single week. You've got to make some adjustments. And I know it sucks. I've had to do it a time or two in my life. It's not easy to do, but you know, um, it's way better than draining your 401k, draining your IRA, uh, you know, racking up massive credit card debt. But look, if you if you have to do those things, if that's what you have to do to survive, then do it, you know, and, and don't feel stressed out or don't feel like you have to justify it to anyone. Because sometimes you have to make a choice between a bunch of not great choices. And that's just life, right? But keep going in the right direction. Okay, the next is that paycheck to paycheck cycle, which a lot of people are stuck in. And, and listen to me, it doesn't, it's not a factor of your income. It's, I, I've seen people that make millions of dollars stuck in the paycheck to paycheck, people that make $30,000 stuck in the paycheck to paycheck. It's a symptom of not knowing your numbers, right? You got to have a money system and you got to keep your money in check. You got to know where every single penny 
of your money is going because that's then how you can redirect yourself, right? Um, it's like when you're using navigation, you're trying to get somewhere and, and it comes on and it says, hey, there's a faster route to get there. And you're like, yeah, I want the faster route. It's the same sort of thing with your money, right? So knowing your expenses will help you get in a, a faster lane uh, to get you to where you want to be for all those awesome goals. So there's so many different tools you can use. There's You Need a Budget, which is awesome. Uh, Clarity Money is a great app. If you're freelance, if you run your own business, um, I love Shoeboxed for uh, capturing receipts and fresh books for accounting software. There's so many different um, tips and tools that you can use. I'll, I'll link all of these in the show notes as well so you don't have to remember everything I'm saying. And the last spookiest financial fear is poor credit. And this is interesting because I think not a lot of people think about their credit. And I, you know, if I could do a movement around budget and credit, I totally would. So you're aiming for a credit score above 720. Credit scores go from 300 to 850, right? 720 plus going to get you the best interest rate. Why does this matter? Because higher interest rates, which are associated with lower credit scores, equal, you got to pay more for the same stuff. So you got a better, better uh, credit score, you got lower interest rates, you're going to save money on the stuff that you have to finance, right? Check your credit at least once a year, please. It's so easy now. You can use all of these free tools, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame. You can go to annualcreditreport.com and get your free credit report from all three of the bureaus. Um, And the trick about credit is it goes down fast, comes up slow. So it's easy to screw your credit, harder to get it going in the right direction. So if if your score isn't exactly where you want to be, there's two things that you can really focus on. One is work on something called credit utilization. And that's literally just the amount of credit you have available versus the amount of credit you're using, right? So paying down the credit that you're using widens that gap and helps your credit utilization. You're aiming for not using more than 30% of available credit on any card that you have. The number two thing is just paying your bills on time. Between these two things, that's 65% of your score. That's 65% of your credit score. Those are two things that are totally in your control, all right? Okay, so those are the spookiest financial fears. Um, Hopefully, they're not that spooky to you. You know, we're rolling around to the end of the year, and this is such a great time to work on changing these spookiest fears into big money successes. Start small. Don't try and do everything at once, but just start small and give yourself a chance to have successes along the way. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, shout it out to your friends, share it on social media, and head on over to the link in the show notes and leave us a review. 